95% power on my freaking computer. Oh dear. That's not good. Do you want me to bring, do you want me to bring the show in for a, for a change? Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the me, unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge Tell them your I love the show. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles International with me, New England's very own Van Helsing. And joining me from across the pond in the land of the Red Dragon is also me, Mr. Parasites. I was reading the wrong script then at the start, wasn't I? Good evening, Ron. (laughs) It's amazing. That worked out really well. We should do that more often. You're listening to Togginet. Okay. Para-X, Ghost Chronicles and beyond with the aging but very lovely and very tired Ron Kolek, New England's very Van own Van Helsing. And over here in Wales, yep, the, so land of the Red Dragon and go. recently storm battered, but we survived. Me, Steve Parsons. Yeah, yeah you guys had some uh, nasty weather over there, I understand, right? Yeah, we had a windy day. Uh, actually, you know, they forecast the storm, but uh, in reality, uh, we had the strong winds, the 70 mile an hour winds, the two days before the storm hit. And the storm went south of us and hit England, and uh, we had a flat calm. Oh, well, there you go. Hey, there you go. So, and so, in nothing new. Anyways, you know, you know, Steve, the more I do this paranormal stuff, the more it amazes me. It really does. And, and you know, I, I know when you came over here and uh, I sent you home with a Ghost Meter Pro, right? Yeah, that's so cool. I've been looking for ancient ghosts with it. Have you, used, you, have you used it at all? That's what I was going to ask you. Um, I've obviously tried out all the different modes uh, and learned how the thing works. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you know, got to got to uh, figure out the you know all of the different modes. But uh, no, not in anger. Right. Hasn't been out on ghost hunt yet. I'm not as busy as you. Okay. The um, uh, well, you know, the interesting thing about it is, uh, you know, I know you don't have too much faith in it, and in ghost radar, you've used that before, right? Oh, absolutely. I've got it on my iPhone now. Okay. You know, and once again, that's not, like, really exciting or anything, or it has a lot of, uh, I don't know what's the word I look for, validity to it, I guess. Uh, I, I I think they're more for entertainment, um, these uh, these apps. Although, I'll be honest, some of the apps uh, that are available for the different uh, smartphones and tablets some of them are actually mm-hmm. useful in terms of ghost investigation. Some of the sound recorders, uh, some of the sound meters, and uh, one or two of... I mean, like, for example, the new iPhones have got magnetometers in them. And so you can use them as a basic but rudimentary uh, um, device for measuring electric fields. And also for vibration, because they have um, motion sensors in them. So they can, act, they can give you some useful gadget uh, apps, too. 
But these ghost dedicated apps like the Ghost Radar and some of the others, I think they're primarily for entertainment. Well, well you know what's interesting is that uh, I did this event on uh, Saturday night uh, at the shack, the book shack in uh, Kingston, Massachusetts. It's, uh, it was up on stage and... You know, so as part of my, my thing, of course, uh, Harry Price was there, by the way. I just want to let you know that. <laughs> and this, and but this anyways, um, uh, I'm sure. Anyways, what I decided to do is, is, you know, I always like to get the audience involved and stuff. So I, I got a couple of volunteers that came up. They were two young girls, okay? So they came up, and I had the Ghost Radar Pro excuse me, Ghost Radar, and the uh, Ghost Meter Pro. And so the two girls sat down on the stage, and they held hands, and they sang songs. And I turned on the Ghost Meter Pro and the um, Ghost Radar. Yeah. Sounds innocent enough so far, right? Yeah. Yeah. All good. Yeah. Okay, so all of a sudden... Uh, the two girls, the Ghost Radar Pro connects with the spirit, and then the Ghost Radar spits out the word nuts. And I make a joke, of course, like, oh, maybe the Radar said we're all nuts or something, you know. And then the girls look at each other kind of scary. And then the next one that came out uh, was eat. And they even got more scarier. And then the next word that came out was died and then the ghost radar found the spirit and they asked is there a male spirit here and the ghost radar said i mean not ghost radar excuse me the ghost meter pro said yes and then the they said um did you die recently it said yes and then they said is your name x and they said yes and is your last name yes and it said yes and what's really freaky here we have a pretty odd sense of things going on but there was a young gentleman who just recently died of eating nuts uh because he was allergic to them they couldn't save him in time and they these both these girls knew this guy so i mean what do you make of that i mean without going too far overboard and making it totally I'm not going. I'm not. I'm not going to be criti- overly critical of it because um, you know the obvious one is it could just be coincidence because the ghost boxes. Oh, it's always coincidence. Um, it's always the chance. Of yeah, yeah. Let me let me no, no, let no, me say because, that absolutely up front. On everything yeah. we do, it's always a chance of coincidence. We, okay. Yeah, but the ghost. Box, that being said. Um, Right, the ghost radars and these ghost boxes, the Iovalis and such, only have a limited vocabulary, mm-hmm. which is pre-programmed before delivery. So there are only a, stand, you know, a set number of words between 1,000 and 2,000 words to choose from. Um, beyond that, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there are lots of sceptical points of view, but I prefer to be open-minded. Um, what I tried once... Uh, well, I've tried several times. I've never, ever seen it uh, done. But here's an experiment that I'm going to suggest to you, seeing as you want to try these devices yeah, You out. know I love doing experiments. Okay. Get several of the audience uh, at your next event mm-hmm. who have iPhones. <coughs> Excuse me. To c- mm-hmm. Or get all of the audience who have iPhones to preload the same app, the Ghost Radar or the Iovolus, 
and have them all together mm-hmm. in a circle and see if the spirit can say the same word at the same time on each device. But what's the purpose of that? Well, having two dissimilar devices, you're, you're, you know, you're drawing conclusions based upon two sets of information that may or may not just be random, randomly generated. If you, if you right. can demonstrate, I, I for example, that, but... if you can demonstrate, for example, that you ask a question, uh, a name, or, 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 and you get exactly the same answer at the same time on several devices all running exactly the same app. So if, if the spirit can, can affect one iPhone and cause it to come up with a word, then it should be relatively straightforward for it to affect two of them side by side or three of them in a circle. Well, not necessarily. That, if you, that, if you that go be, to the original definition of... E- e- wait a minute. No, no. If you go to a, the definition of VVPs and, and that it's really a manipulation, you really only get it on one recorder and not two recorders if they're side by side. Then you know it, it doesn't just because you don't get it on both room doesn't necessarily mean that it's not working or, or, or you're not getting a result. Well, I would counter that by saying that uh, there are instances. Uh, where the same result has been recorded on numerous recorders, a control recorder and an EVP That's recorder. That's not a true EVP, though. It's not a yes, true EVP, then, according to the definition. No, not according to the definition if of you, an EVP. If you, if you set up two recording devices side by side um, and you ask, mm-hmm. ask questions of spirit in the, in the classical mm-hmm. way that you do with EVP, if you get the answer on both mm-hmm. machines, and that has happened... You discount then... it totally. You discount, you it, discount totally? it totally. Why would you discount it totally? Because it, be it can't be an EVP. The ev- definition of an EVP is that, that it's a manipulation of the white noise on a recorder. In fact, when the AA EVP first started doing yeah. this, they used to record with a camcorder all the time. If they picked up the same thing on the camcorder, they totally just threw it out automatically. Because it does not fit the definition of an, the classic definition no. of an EVP. Yeah, the, it does not fit their definition of an EVP. But there's nothing to suggest that if the spirit of manipulating the recording dev- the co- recording apparatus in some way, it's not actually affecting two that are side by side with each other. Just because somebody somebody mm-hmm. decides that that's not a definition, it doesn't mean you throw. And do you know uh, when I was at the SPR conference earlier in the year? Um, I was criticizing yeah. parapsychologists for throwing out data that could be useful because it didn't conform to their pre, preordained ideas of what something should be. Uh, so, you know, just because but, but the don't AAPB... you have to... Yeah, but just, just, I mean, don't you, wait a minute, don't you have to define what it is you're looking for or what it is that, in, in reality, I mean, you just can't say, uh, you know, make everything fit some gray cabinet category. You know, it, it's supposed to have an EVP has a definition of what it is. Uh, and those are the guidelines. So if it doesn't no, fit in those guidelines, it. Whose guidelines? Go ahead. Because whose guidelines? Because there are numerous different ways of defining an EVP or an ITC. 
lots well, of different even, websites, lots of different investigators well, use different criteria. Well, yes, but you do have authorities, and AAEVP is probably the most authority on, on electronic voice phenomenon in the United States, and perhaps the world. Um, so we are acknowledging so that you can have an expertise in the paranormal now as well. Yes, you can, yeah. On a specific thing, and we've discussed this before. That's Well, as I say, uh, in, in science... You know, like the, like the orbitologists. Well, if you're measuring temperature, for example, you you would have a baseline and you'd yep. have a control device. And if mm -hmm. you get the same, it rules out the, uh, the, the simple and most obvious fact that what you're dealing with is a flaw within the equipment or the recording apparatus. If you have two devices that record the same data, then clearly the data is external to the two devices, assuming that they're not linked by power source or some other means. Um, for example, a multi-camera CCTV DVR system, they're all on the same power supply and they're all using the same hard disk. So an anomaly might well appear on all four, all four, six, eight images. But when you have independent recording systems, so exactly the same for an EVP, if you have the same response recorded on more than one recorder in response to a question and not heard at the time by individuals, that would be a more compelling EVP. And those cases do exist, by the way. And there are European EVP researchers who are using exactly those techniques where they're having multiple recorders set up. Yeah, things, things have actually changed. In fact, uh, uh, they're always changing. In fact, the you know, AEVP is no longer called the AEVP. I think it's, I can't remember <laughs> what the name it is now, something I did. ITC, but uh, the, the thought of it is is that we do. These are people who study a particular thing in yeah. the paranormal, EVPs, nothing else, not apparitions, not uh, smells, not anything else, just EVPs. That's that's their stick. No, I'm only and questioning the, so if you are, the definition. No, no. If you're going to have if you're going to have an authority on a particular in the paranormal, then these are as close to an authority you're going to get, but that doesn't mean they're uh, flawless or uh, their work can't be challenged. And so I, I agree with you 100 percent on that. Well, I, I as I said back in, back in uh, September, I challenged parapsychology because a lot of its own experiments that are conducted, where they're measuring things in particular, they pay they they put a lot of effort and time into making sure that the psychology of the experiment is correct. But they they right. spend spend they, they they give scant regard to the physics and often the case is that the physics is so poorly measured that a high school student could drive a coach and horses through the um through the physics of the experiment. It's ridiculous. And as I said at the time, you know, they've thrown out data that is clearly, you know, valuable data based on the assumption that there is some malfunction within the experiment. Uh, so mm -hmm. experts, expertise, particularly in this field of the paranormal, it, 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 it always is. I mean, you, you've heard the old saying many, many times, you can't have an expert in the paranormal. And to a large extent, that's... Right, we, we've debated case. this. We've debated yeah. this a lot. Yeah, 
absolutely that's yeah. you know that has to be the case because you can't have an expertise in something that we don't even know exists but you can have a degree of expertise in things that we measure and i recognize that the well, aaevp and european organizations similarly have an expertise in conducting the experiments that are looking at evp right and they've done more research than anyone else in a, in a particular category which is evp so that makes them somewhat of an expert um yeah. you know are they flawless no of course not uh, no. But in that thing, I mean, I would uh, be more apt to believe, uh, you know, what they're saying than someone else who is just out of the ghost hunting group uh, two years ago. Well, that's true. As somebody suggested in the chat room that uh, if something doesn't fit into a category, then perhaps we need an extra category label. And in this instance, other audio phenomena. I think that's that's a fair point. There is, um, there is, there is. I mean, we do have other other labels that we are, can associate you, with EVP. We we actually have a category called audio voice phenomena, which is is actually voices that can be recorded and can be heard at the same time. So that that's that little split there, and uh, uh, as far as that, but yeah, maybe there is. Uh, you do mark those instances that. Uh, uh, you know, you put them in the subcategory or something like that. But I mean, yeah, I understand you define something and, and that's your criteria you're working with. So anything that falls into that, that category, you're good. But if it doesn't fall in that, then it, I don't know. You have to maybe have a subcategory or something like that. I, I don't the really prob- don't know, I guess. Uh, well, there's a problem with categorizing anything. When we don't understand something, and that's the case with EVP, if we try to label it or categorize it... Well, we it, do. We do understand EVP. I know we do. Well, we, we don't really understand any of the mechanisms by which it, it's, they're produced. Um, not truly. We, lots of people have come up with theories right, and ideas exactly. as to how the sounds are So, But we don't right. understand the actual mechanism. And there are, if, if you go through many of the EVP websites or, or the books that have been written, there are classes of EVP and categories of EVP that give uh, and it's exactly. the same with ghosts and apparitions and spirits and uh, all these things that we investigate because people like to put things in pigeonholes and, and give them labels but the problem with giving things labels and categorizing things is that you, you skew the bias in the way that people are looking because they assume that for example, and a very, very straightforward one is um, if, if you look at the definitions of a poltergeist and a, and a, a ghost, uh, poltergeists are always generally associated in people's minds with uh, teenage girls or teenage boys, um, times of adolescence, angst, uh, stressful environments, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. But when you actually look at mm-hmm. Uh, the historical uh, associations between the two and, and the actual cat, what takes place in a haunting and a poltergeist manifestation, you'll realize that actually they're almost identical to each other and that the category falls apart. There is no difference between a, a you know, it, it, people who have po- report poltergeist manifestations 
they report apparitions associated with them. People who report apparitions report, report objects being moved and thrown about. So these labels are actually can be misleading too. Uh, so I try not I, to. I agree. I mean, I, I don't try to define yeah. things if if you can, because I think the danger is you you restrict. But but we have to. You to have to. Yeah, well, I mean, there no, are. No, you, there you are, have to define them somewhat. Yes. But there are. I mean, I, I mean, you look at. You... Go on. Oh, I thought you were talking. I'm sorry. Um, you know, the, the the thing I was looking at in, in Poltergeist is, is, is one of my pet peeves. I don't necessarily believe that uh, Poltergeist are teenagers. I don't believe that's created by teenagers because. If that, if you believe that fact, then what, why can't you take the next step and say that everything paranormal is pretty much created by whoever is the witness? For instance, those two girls that I had on stage and, and they knew that that kid was, was dead, could they have created those words on the ghost radar and, and made that uh, uh, ghost... Uh, Pro do what it's itself, either consciously or subconsciously. Well, that suggests that you're dealing with a micro PK um, psychokinesis, and that's certainly an explanation that's put forward by by a number of parapsychologists and skeptics and believers mm-hmm. alike. But right. then, what you're doing there is you're substituting one. Uh, ostensibly paranormal phenomena, i.e. the dead communicating, with another, i.e. Tele- uh, yep. you know, the, the ability to control an, a, a device or object at, at, yeah. at distance, yeah. So it, it's, yeah. it's all a little bit, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not a satisfactory world we live in. Yeah, I, yes, I agree oh, with well, the, that's the, the thing, fact though, that Steve. we need labels. We have to have labels because we have to understand what each other is talking about. And I think the the general broader label, like, for example, I think we all relatively well know um, what we what we refer to as a ghost. What we, We're all sort of on the same page when we're talking about ghosts or apparitions or hauntings or EVP or EMF. Uh, some of the labels are actually incorrect. EMF, for example, is an incorrect label because it doesn't actually mean an electromagnetic field in physics. It means an electromotive force. But it's come into the common everyday acceptance. And if we talk about ghosts, again, and we've talked about this many, many times, there are lots of possible different mechanisms. But we all have a broad understanding of what, we're, what, we're, what it is we're, we're talking about. So I think general labels are fine. But when we come down to, as, ha- as happened with EVP and hauntings uh, and other types of phenomena, where you go into these subcategories of highly specialized definitions um, referring to you know, different groupings and different phenomena, then I think you're actually likely to get yourself into uh, a more misleading situation. I mean, the original classifications for EVP in particular come from Raudiva and his book uh, Breakthrough where he actually classified the, yep. the, the different types of EVP uh, and that's been you know copied and uh, repeated by many many researchers and many groups who've studied 
the phenomena, but others have, you know, have defined their own versions of it and having uh, have put their own categories within Rowdiva's basic formula. Uh, so, you know, people do like to add labels to things. It's it's a it, it's sort of human nature, isn't it? To uh, like we like to categorize and pigeonhole and study. Yeah, I, I noticed that uh, you know, of course, collecting and 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 discern them, label them, and discern them uh, are important. I know that uh, the NPIG in uh, the chat room says that they uh, they check over and over again by our team members to ensure they agree on the results. And and I hope that they do that by not telling each other what the uh, uh, they believe it says. And, well, we've had John on before, and I know uh, that I don't think we talked about this, but I know that their group has uh, a great deal of experience as investigators, and that they, they, you know, mm-hmm. they, they, these aren't a group that were formed two years ago, and that they have an excellent reputation for the quality of the, the their investigations, and that has got to be the simplest step, and one that I know. Uh, I don't, I don't think, I don't think we even need NPIG in the chat room to. Um, to confirm it, I, I know that they will have taken those precautions because they're just straightforward, mm. common sense precautions. Although that said, do you know it's incredible the amount of EVPs that are posted online or are sent, you know, sent to me to have a listen to and ask my thoughts about, where they include a mm. transcript of what's supposedly said. Um, it's like when you like when we get so many uh, ghost photographs sent in. Yeah, and we get so many ghost photographs sent in uh, sent in for looking at or posted on with Facebook. With the circles? With the circles drawn round the phenomena. Um, and the big know, arrows. If, if the, yeah, if the phenomena is worthy of, uh, investing, worthy of further consideration, it really, you, know, you really don't need to tell anybody uh, where it is in the picture by, by pointing a big red arrow or a big red circle around it or telling people beforehand what it is the spirit said in response to your questions. Uh, it should be you know, glaringly obvious, or at least they're the cases where it should be most most interesting. You know, we shouldn't have to struggle to find the evidence at this at this small scale. Uh, I think again, they, you know, we're, we're looking for tigers, and the tip of a tiger's tail isn't going to give us that much information, particularly when it's. Uh, you know, barely visible through the foliage, and you have to um, put a big yellow arrow on it to show people where the tiger's tail is. Yeah, but it's interesting what we do, and and that's why I love it because there are so many theories, and as you say, we we don't even know what we're looking for. We believe every everybody has their own. I guess they categorize it. You know, what what are we looking for? What are we? speaking with what are we trying to find and it, it, it goes towards the the dead person uh but that may not necessarily be what we're really capturing we may be capturing uh something that we create ourselves or, or some other phenomenal or or dimensional i mean there are there are so many time slips there's so much that we don't know and don't understand uh but uh yeah it's, it's i, I mind-boggling so I, this week, I've been reading a book ahead of uh, I was uh, by one of our upcoming guests. A guest that's coming up in November um, has written a book um, 
called Haunted Wexford. It's about Ireland, the southeast of Ireland, directly opposite West Wales, where I live. And after oh, the ad break, the, uh, I shall music, tell which means... and, after, and after the ad break, I shall tell you more about the points I was making. Okay, we'll be right back after five messages. Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. Everything you heard about witches is true. Halloween is the time of year when the shades of the dead whisper from forgotten places and spirits walk among us. The witches of Salem, Massachusetts, honor this time with Festival of the Dead, an annual event series that explores death's macabre customs, heretical histories, and strange rituals. Founded by Salem witches, Sean Poirier and Christian Day, and hosted by the foremost authorities on the spirit world, Festival of the Dead beckons guests who step through the veil into a mysterious realm where spirits await you. To learn more or to purchase tickets, visit festivalofthedead.com or call 978-740-9783. Happy Halloween! <laughs> the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future then circles of wisdom is just the place for you circles of wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more located on route 28 in downtown andover massachusetts we carry a large selection of books and music crystals and gemstones jewelry and gifts sage aromatherapy and so much more all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere we offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. And I'm the lead investigator of East Bridgewater's Most Haunted. And we'd like to invite you to tune in. Ghost Chronicles, the next generation. Every Wednesday night. At 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on www.toginet.com. So, so yeah, what are they going to hear on this stupid show? What are they going to hear? They are going to hear things that they can't believe are happening. Like uh, Beyond Bizarre. And Cemetery Tripping. Oh, that's your deal, right? Absolutely. Yeah, one of these days you're going to get uh, so scared of one of these cemetery tripping things that uh, you'll I'll have to get a new co-host. <laughs> I am brave beyond belief. Nothing yeah, we'll see. scares me. Except so anyways, if you're bored and you got nothing to do on Wednesday night, tune in to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ann and Ron. See you then. 
I hope you're not waiting for me to bring it in. <laughs> oh, that was go. scary. Welcome back to Ghost Chronicles International with Mr. Parascience, Steve Parson, New England's own Van Helsink, and the laughing little witchy right here on Tojanet Parax Ghost Channel and beyond. beyond. So, there you go. Anyway, as hey, I was saying, you know what? I am. Break, no, no, no. Oh, no. do finish. we have to carry on with that? All right. Fine, yeah. fine. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, go um, this, this week, um, I was handed a book to uh, read and write, generously asked to write the forward to by one of our upcoming guests, Michael Benson. And it relates to uh, his group and his paranormal investigations in Southern Savage Island. And he made a very valuable point, um, and one that I think is worth repeating tonight. And that is that we actually should be uh, encouraging people to seek evidence, not to seek proof. And I thought that well, was a very no good point. Well, you look at these these groups. What are you talking about? Well, you, well, you look at these groups. You look at these these TV programs, and they're either out to prove the existence of an afterlife or a spirit world, or they're out to debunk, uh, you know, the claims that are being made. And it's not. It shouldn't be about proving or debunking. It should be purely, You're as right. Michael makes the point, Collective and evidence. you know, others as well. You know that it is about collecting evidence. The evidence will then lead us to, to hopefully, the answers, or, or will, have, will hopefully lead us to ask the right questions, and then we can maybe start looking for, for answers. But it's got to be, you know, we're not hunting for debunking and proving, but a lot of groups and a lot of the TV no, programs no, no. do give you that impression. You know, I mean, how many times have you sat and watched... Watch them, you know. The, right, we're going to debunk this myth. We're going to debunk the 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 story no, that we're being told. Them. We're going to prove our group seeks to prove the existence of an afterlife or prove spirit claims. Or it's it's the wrong approach. Mm-hmm. Hey, well, you you address my paranormal study group, and you know very well okay. that what was my theme of that whole thing. I mean, not my paranormal study group, my uh, paranormal, um, paranormal CSI. And what was the, the whole theme of that thing? Well, it is all about, as, as the title suggests. Yeah, it's, it's, collecting it's, evidence. Uh, collecting collecting evidence. evidence. That's right. As the title suggests, paranormal CSI. It's about collecting the evidence that leads you to an informed conclusion, hopefully. Or, at our stage right. of the game, uh, more likely an informed a conclusion. Well, I, yeah, I think we're, likely, we're not yeah. far enough down the li- we're not far enough down the line to ask to reach the informed conclusion, but we might reach the informed question. Well, you, you uh, well in in in, in my in my class it is the purpose of it is to collect evidence to come up with a conclusion based on the evidence you collected. So it, you'll come up with some conclusion, but it's based on the evidence you collected, whatever that evidence evidence may be. Now, it, once you've had that conclusion, you look at the evidence, and if you can, um, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, validate the evidence, then that may change the conclusion that you made, or if you can't validate it, then um, that doesn't make sense, no. Never mind. Well, it kind it kind of does because what you've described is the process of science, where you're constantly evaluating the question uh, based upon the, exactly. Okay, the, I didn't the think I was saying it right. Previous experiments, 
Uh, you, you, you were describing science. Ah, there you go. Anyways, we have a uh, we have a Beyond Bizarre, and I know I know you love Beyond Bizarre, so let's uh, let's do a Beyond Bizarre. Yeah, Beyond Bizarre from my favorite girl, Vala Ventura. The first UFO sighting. In 1947, less than a month before the incident at Roswell, New Mexico, Kenneth Arnold, a pilot from Boise, Idaho, reported seeing nine unusual objects in the sky near Mount Rainier. He described the mysterious objects as bright and said that they were flying at a tremendous speed. His experience is said to be the first sighting of unidentified flying objects. In 1952, Arnold wrote and self-published The Coming of the Saucers, the first UFO book. A fun and freaky fact from Barla Ventura's Book of the Bazaar. You know that, that I would like uh, to yeah. challenge that. I, well, I was about to say you. Know I would that, like to challenge. Uh, that, that Beyond Bizarre is just throwing a huge cat amongst the pigeons because every ufologist or person that's ever read a UFO book will just go, no, it's not. Because... I know. I was going to say the same thing. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cases right the way back to medieval France, uh, America in the, mm-hmm. 18, in the 19th century with the airship scares. In the, um, in the 1700s. Never mind 19th yeah. century. Well, I was talking about the airships. Yeah. So, yeah, no, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. talking about the, yeah, yeah. We have a reporting, I think, yeah, it was beyond bizarre because it was wrong. <laughs> so, there you go. Anyways, Anyways um, I, 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 he's, we both said the same if time. anybody, if anybody wants, by the way, I, I'm, I'm interested in, in your most haunted location, what you think is the most haunted location, the most interesting one you've ever investigated, most interesting experience you've ever had with the paranormal, or what is your favorite place? Uh, if anybody wants to let us know, neither the Pararex or the Tojinet chat room, or just to call us uh, at 877-864-4869. That's 877-864-4869. And you can, we'd love to hear from you as far as regards to that. Can I just add, if you're in so, the United Kingdom, do not, yeah, I was just going to add, if you're in the United Kingdom, do not under any circumstances dial that number. Does it blow up? Because it's, cause it's in America. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Steve, I mean, what is what was your most favorite place oh. to investigate? My most favorite investigation has to be the the, the shipyard up uh, near Liverpool at Camel Erds because we had the opportunity over so many years to do such an in-depth investigation. Um, so, of course, that has to be my favorite uh, my favorite investigation. The, it's on the website, uh, the really? science website, if people want to have a look. We we managed, I think, I mean, something ridiculous like 15. I know that, Steve, but you had access to, like, Chile Concati Castle and all these yeah. cool places, and, and you picked that one, an industrial site. 
I don't pick the site. I I I pick the uh, you know ghosts are where ghosts are. People report them from modern modern office blocks to ancient castles. I don't I don't uh-huh. have a location favorite based on location. I I have it based on case, and that was my favorite okay. because. We had the opportunity, as I said, to extensively try and answer as many questions as we could over a huge time span um, and with unrivaled access. But what was interesting is we were left with questions and we were left with things that we were unable to explain despite throwing everything and the kitchen sink at the problem in our attempt to explain it and it it represents some of the things that took place i i don't know if they were paranormal but they certainly represent the closest i i believe i've come to the paranormal when footsteps were heard when doors were opened when lights were turned on and off and we knew that they couldn't have been done by any normal means um we'd excluded all of the normal possibilities, then what are we left with? What were we left with? Uh, more questions? Mm-hmm. And that's as close as I think we're yeah, ever going to yeah. come to the paranormal. But, yeah, I mean, I've, I've it's so left- interesting. I mean, you did Borley Rectory. Your, your, your idol, uh, Harry yeah. Price did. I mean, you walked on that hallow ground. I mean, and you yeah. took a shipyard. I, I, yeah. I, <laughs> blows my mind. Borley, it just absolutely blows yeah. my mind. Borley was a unique and very special chance. I mean, we, we visited it on two two consecutive years um, and spent a considerable amount of time at Borley, um, both in the church and on the actual site of the rectory or the, the site where the rectory used to be. And it was a fabulous, fabulous chance to walk in the footsteps of Harry Price, my, my idol and hero. But at the same time, first and foremost, I'm a ghost hunter and I like doing nothing better than solving, you know, trying to solve the questions, um, trying to investigate the paranormal. And, yeah, it was it was fantastic to visit the location. It was fantastic to conduct a short investigation. But that was in the full knowledge that we were never going to answer very many of the questions, if any at all. It, it's... You know, you go to these places, you go to the most haunted building in, in Massachusetts, and you might be there for weeks, you might be there for months uh, before anything happens, because you've got, to, you've got to actually be there when something happens in order to be able to investigate it. Uh, and it, the long-term method is surely the only practical method. There have been other great locations. The old manse in Concord, uh, New Ham- um, Massachusetts was a was a stunning mm-hmm. location. One of, one, that, one of my favorites, by the way, and one that I'm desperate to return to, um, and would love the opportunity to be, you know, to have a long term look at the place um, under controlled conditions, and to 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 go through the many because since I've got back, I've obviously done a lot more research on the location and discovered you know, countless accounts of people having experiences that that we yeah. don't have answers for, that we don't have answers for. You're ideally placed to, to be there um, on a, on a you know, more frequent basis, and you've got excellent contacts there. Um, so, 
it's a very difficult question. I choose my location based purely on it. It, it was the closest I ever came to the perfect investigation. I get the opportunity to visit a, a lighthouse on an island uh, in a couple of weeks, um, and I'm really excited about it. We have to go by boat. We get left off. It's you know, it's a, a, a nice place. Uh, it, it's got stories, and you know, we have the time to sit there and investigate it. So, or, or, you know, not really sit there, but to investigate it. So, I'm really excited about that. You know, doing that. So. And, and I've done a lot of lighthouses. There's something about lighthouses that, that intrigued me that, that I find interesting. The, the thing I find more interesting, I think, is, is, for instance, we have Whaleback Lighthouse. We own that, as the Friends of Portsmouth Lighthouse does. And it hasn't been occupied for such a long time. Is it haunted? Is it still haunted, even though there's no people there? I'm, I'm dying to go do an investigation out there, and I, and I will. And will I find ghosts? But are those ghosts there when there's no one there? Ah, the old does a tree fall in a forest uh, make a sound when there's nobody there to well, hear it? In, in a way, but but do, well, the do thing is, the thing is actually need us. Well, well, um, that that question can actually be answered, I think, by in two parts. The first part is. Possibly not because in order to have a paranormal experience, you have to have somebody there to have the experience. But there are there are numerous examples where a CCTV system or some remote recording device has actually captured something mm-hmm. inexplicable, an object moving, a chair moving across a floor, a glass being, being moved or thrown off a counter that don't have normal explanations. So by that definition, they're, they're paranormal, um, potentially. And so they, they clearly happened in the, in the absence of, of people. So I think the answer to both is yes. Yes, you, need, you, you must have somebody there. And yes, stuff happens when they're not. Again, it's, 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 part, of the riddle of, it's part of the riddle of the paranormal, isn't it? For every for right. every I, argument that's put forward, you know, people can put forward a compelling counter argument. You know, my uh, my producer for Ghost Chronicles uh, Morning Edition, uh, Lou Blassie, he, he's yeah. taken up this thing called the psychology of spirit, and and I like the idea. He says it seems like they operate on different psychologies than we do. I mean, if he always says if he had the power to uh, move objects and, and stuff, he'd be around joking everybody, you know. But why don't they do that? Or why, why will they, for instance, reveal themselves as a smell of a perfume that your grandmother used to wear rather than just showing themselves or, or telling them that they're there? That's the psychology of spirit that we don't understand. Well, do you know, that question has actually been put to spirit themselves. Um, There have been numerous attempts to, uh, during seances, particularly during during the first, yeah, but particularly um, by investigators, Price himself was one of, uh, uh, you know, people who were interested in this sort of stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. And the answers, A, are often ambiguous, but when they have been addressed, 
um, the spirits have, have uh, suggested that they have just as much difficulty trying to convince us of their existence and that they are the people who they we they say they are. Uh, Myers, I think, when he was... Uh, after he died, he, he allegedly communicated with, with other researchers... That's Myers, who was one of the founders of the Society for Psychical Research, and it was always it was said afterwards right. that he had communicated through through mediums uh, to other members of the Society for Psychical Research. And although I'll get the exact wording wrong, he described it as uh, like trying to communicate um, whilst gagged and, and 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 muffled through frosted glass. And so perhaps the best method of giving somebody a piece of evidential information to verify that, you know, you are who you say you are, is, is, is by smell, is by one fact. Do you remember the shoe? Um, something that's highly relevant, like you had so, the two girls, so, nuts, uh, dead. So are eat. we saying that there is there's some type of veil there between... We believe in that we're contact spirit. There is some type of veil between the spirit world and our world. And this veil, although is not permeable, there are we can penetrate it at times. But and I, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, just uh, it doesn't no, kind of make sense at all. Well, it we're not saying it, but that's what the spirits are saying. That's what the spirits right. when when. When when spirit has communicated uh, in, within seances with researchers who have asked those questions, what's it like after you after you die? Uh, how is it that you can communicate? Can you help us to communicate? Spirits have been asked to design electronic devices such as um, these these psychophones and and other communication devices, the spiricom, uh, in order to affect communication with us. Um, they themselves describe apparently a veil, a difficulty. So it's it might be, and I stress the word might, might be a two-way problem. Right. We need the right people or we need to be under the right conditions, as do they. You know, you can you can have a telephone in your house and you can sit by it all day long. Uh, but if it's not plugged into if the it's wall, not connected. and the phone at the other end isn't connected, and nobody knows how the dialing codes, then they're going to sit silent. Both parties have got to be connected, so me, and me, both parties have got to. So let let me pose this question to you then: Is I just forgot it? <laughs> 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 What, what model yes, phone yes, is the yes, best yes, communicator? It's not, no, no I, I remember it now. What, what is, I mean, we are getting, you know, there's so many ghost hunting groups now. There are so many people involved in it. Are we breaking down that veil? Is more information flowing now? If you listen to Facebook or, or you know, look at Facebook and, and some of these sites out there, it seems like there's all kinds of evidence being collected that, you know, we're communicating with the spirits. Is that veil being, you know, slowly beaten to death or, or, or not, I guess the word is... <laughs> 
uh, I think I think the honest answer to that comes back to a point I've made before, uh, but I, I don't know if I've made it on the show. And the answer has to be a resounding no, because every weekend, both here in the UK and over over your side of the Atlantic, there are hundreds of people spending thousands of man hours chasing for, looking for, investigating, hunting ghosts. And do you know what? We don't have a shred of good, unchallengeable data or information or evidence. We get vague photographs of balls of light. We get EVPs that, that more often than not, you have to be told what they heard. They, the The evidence is taken under strange conditions, often using equipment that's operating way outside its design parameters. And you've got thousands and thousands of man-hours being expended around the world on a daily basis virtually. And we're just not seeing, not just, you know, a building up of evidence, we're just not seeing any evidence we're seeing but, I mean, you turn on the TV, like, you see tons of evidence. You turn, you turn on the TV, we have dozens of ghost shows here with all kinds of evidence on it. I mean, isn't, yeah, isn't made, that? No, I mean, isn't that the fundamental mistake? That a television program really exists for one purpose only, generally to sell advertising space and, to, um, and to attract viewers. And if, you know, the more... Oh yeah, the more viewers that you get watching the show, the the more advertising you can sell. That's the criteria for making a television program. A television program does not exist for the purposes of obtaining evidence for the existence or otherwise of a spirit realm or some otherworldly entity. Um, that's not what they're there for. But people do make that, and it's something you know we've talked about endlessly. Um, People do make the assumption that what they see on TV is reality. Um, even some of these reality programs are, are in reality, staged reality, where you know they're working from a, a, a series of scripts or they're working from an idea the producer wants to convey something within the program. And that's even the case on many documentaries. You, know, the, you turn up to do a documentary, and it's very rarely the case that the camera will simply follow you around um, fly on the wall. Usually, the director has some questions or some some aims and objectives that he wants to deal with during the making of the program. Right. I I noticed in the chat room uh, we had a little bit of a discussion on uh, the Bible and uh, um, so forth. In the Bible, uh, he said about stating that uh, you try and try to communicate. If you go to Corinthian one. It's, it, it clearly states that uh, that we do have the power to communicate with the spirit, and God well, the gave the power to create the spirit. Yeah. yeah, well, we don't want to go down the avenue of pointing out the obvious that the Bible wasn't written by God. Um, the Bible was written by Ding dong. humans. I know, I heard it. The Bible was Ding written dong. by humans, and uh, the other Ding thing dong. that humans did very well is. They invented pizza. Ding dong. <laughs> they did. The pizza from the dead is here. That was the doorbell, so we've got to wrap it up. So uh, we've got through another show and uh, more things to think about. Uh, that's what we try to do. We want you to think about and, and not accept everything that you see and try to look at things from a different point of view. And anyway, so we hope you all have a happy Halloween. And, um, oh, by the way, uh, tomorrow night, 
if you're in the area of Bedford uh, at Middlesex Community College, Maureen and I are reuniting to do an investigation of that uh, place. And I'll tell you, last time we were there, Maureen trans-channeled a, uh, a nun, and we went to leave the room, and what the heck was in the middle of the door? A pair of nun shoes that weren't there when we came in. Pretty amazing stuff. And that's at Middlesex Community College. And this... What's that? How do you know they were nuns' shoes? <laughs> How they know you were nuns' shoes? Evidently, you were never grown up Catholic around here. You know nuns' shoes, my friend. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, the other interesting thing, of course, is that we'll be doing a investigation of Bentford Hall in uh, Lenox, Mass. Uh, tickets are available, thirty-five bucks. To, it's it's a huge place, thirty-five staircases that was the home of jp morgan's daughter and i'm really excited about doing that i'll be doing that with josh mantel from berkshire paranormal so all good stuff even the nun shoes and i'll be carving pumpkins and waiting <laughs> <laughs> and bobbing for apples yeah. All right. I'm gonna to have to get you a pair of nun shoes to go with the nuns. I you know I what. can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm going off now to search the okay. internet for nun shoes. There you go. You won't find none. Ah. Ah. So good night. God bless everyone. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.